Blog Talk Radio. Tune in to the hottest sports talk show. I've never had it so good sports radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. We're at the top of the hour. Again, thank you to Glenn Corbin, the roommate, the college roommate of Duck Riley. The legend continues. Duck, you um you you got through that one really well, but now that I know who he is, yeah, yeah. Duck, <laughs> look, yeah. Hey, look, I'll, Precious, all I know is, I'm just glad we got him off of there. You and Tim came on. I, pre- I appreciate the love you two gave. <laughs> yeah, your roommate know too much. So hey, that was a good yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, see, I yeah. backed up. I backed up out of that one, Duck, because I know I don't want my roommate on here talking. <laughs> oh man, Tim Moore said up. he backed up out of that one. <laughs> oh yeah, because look, loose lips sink ship. So we 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 didn't get him up. On. Sometimes uh, Reverend Robinson um, kind of whispers that in my ear, too. That means be quiet. <laughs> Quit telling that story. <laughs> For sure. All right, we got a good one tonight, um, how to start a booster club. And um, Glazier Clinic, Lindy Keffer is here. Let me welcome her to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Awesome, awesome. It is awesome to have you on, and let me see if we can welcome in the rest of You want to get the rest of them in here, or how do you want to handle this, sir? Yeah, we want to get the rest of them in because we want, uh, we're we going to start off asking them some questions, and Linda going to kind of take it. And uh, we, we're trying to build this for all over, you know, the U.S. as far as mm-hmm. having booster club, having, uh, you know, schools and stuff, you know, kind of get – I, shoot, I guess I want to say get that look as far as the money and stuff like that for the academic yeah. programs and d- different things uh, kind of going, Princess. We, this yeah. is a must. As a mom of athletes in high school, I remember the Booster Club, and that was the, the main reason is to um, to to definitely attract uh, funding. All right, let me welcome in Kristen. Kristen, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Thank you for being on. All right, let's welcome in Jennifer. How are you tonight? Hi, good afternoon or good evening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say afternoon there for a minute. Yeah. Hold on in there, Jennifer, just a moment. And Kim, welcome to the show. Good evening, good evening. I'm so sorry I missed the roommate conversation. Yeah. I missed a couple nuggets there. I think yeah. you told me on purpose not to get on till 7. Don't I worry, I'll get the replay for you. I'll get the replay for you. I told you 730. Coach <laughs> <laughs> Riley doesn't want you to have stories to tell on him. Oh, oh I know. I definitely need the replay on that one. Oh, don't worry. I'll put the. I'll send you the link. I got your phone oh. number right here. Okay. We, you won't miss it. Yeah. Duck was quiet <laughs> at the end. He was worried. He was really trying to get get Glenn on off the phone. For sure. Yeah, he All right, saw let's my number pop up, and then he hopped uh-huh. off. He got real quiet then. <laughs> <laughs> Duck, 
All right. Mark, let me welcome you to the show. How are you? Fine, thank you. Awesome, um, awesome, awesome. And there is one more duck, but it's unidentified. Maybe that's Pat. Let me see. Pat, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? How is everyone? Perfect, perfect. All right, Duck and Tim, um, take over. All right, uh, ladies, I uh, appreciate, uh, and gentlemen, uh, Mark, sorry about that. Uh, glad you guys were able to uh, come on. Uh, what we want to do is just kind of talk about, for me, in the beginning, just kind of how you got the Booster Club started. Uh, and I want to start off with you, uh, Jennifer. <laughs> started. Well, I inherited uh, two booster clubs okay. i'm the president of the football booster club at the high school where my son attends and i'm head of the wrestling booster club that my son attends at red Cocos valley um so this is my second year and um we just as you said before raise money we started it just by or continued it i should say we just a group of very dedicated parents that wanted to make a difference and really help out the football team and the coaches um and we meet monthly for both of the football, both the football and the wrestling booster clubs, um, to finances are huge, as you know. So the fundraising and finances, as well as whatever the coaches need, um, that the school can't deliver. You know, budget crunches are all over the world, all over the country. So we tried our best to help get their needs of what they need. Okay, and and, and Lindy is going to have more mm-hmm. questions for you. I'm just going to do the basic part myself and Tim. So I'm going to jump to you, uh, Kim. You know, you're here with Jennifer says she inherited uh, the Booster Club. And you, got, you, I know, did something a little bit different that was part of the Boosters, but you, you guys kind of fed Jimmy did some other things. Uh, you want to talk <laughs> about that, Kim? Uh, uh, yes. Um, there was a Booster Club in place uh, when my son came into high school, um, but it went dormant. Um, the person who started basically took his program with them. So we were mm-hmm. left with um, how do we move forward supporting our athletes when we don't have a formalized uh, club. So the biggest thing was having that one person become that um, vocal piece that would spearhead and be the conduit between the coaches, the athletic director, and the parents. Um, the beauty about it is us group of parents have been together since our kids started in the junior league and Pop Warner at five years old. So I had a really nice, nice closely fit um, team of parents that we came in and rallied the troops and we set weekly um, schedules to make sure we would feed the kids from first scrimmage to championship games. They had wow. five meals uh, every week. Um, which uh, Coach Riley had a problem with because he said I was feeding them too heavy. Uh, we had themes. We had themes. And the parents, when I said we were really passionate about it, we went grocery shopping for two purposes, our household as well as feeding 150 players um, with coaching staff and support staff on a weekly basis. Um, and then in addition to that, doing intensive research and making sure we provided learning support for our athletes, finding um, SAT programs, uh, extra uh, reading and math programs that we invested in and we would get money and support and come through. Every single parent played a part. 
no matter how large or how small. If um, if someone said they couldn't cook, cases of water, cases of Gatorade, um, different mm-hmm. people that own their own personal businesses, they would rally in and support and collect funds, you know, in their barbershops and stuff. So it really and truly was a neighborhood collective as opposed to a booster club. And that went all four years, um, three seasons, from football through basketball, wrestling or track, mm. through spring track and baseball. And we held true to form with making sure every athlete had cleats, anything that was needed. Um, we came through and made sure. Um, we worked every week with the coaches. They would let me know where the deficiencies were, and I would pass it out, pass those deficiencies over to the parents. And so everything was handled, and children never went without, and they actually never knew where everything came from. Okay. Uh, how about you, Pat? Um, I started basically our um, booster club from scratch. Uh, when my son started his freshman year, uh, he played uh, varsity. There wasn't a club. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, there wasn't a club at all. Um, I was like the unofficial team mom through Pop Warner, worked in the snack bar, you know, made sure the kids had a snack, um, things of that nature. And then when he went to high school, there was nothing to do. And I'm like, what, what is going on? So that season went, um, and then a new coach came in, um, and he wanted a booster club. Um, and I'm the type of mom who's always around, who's always there. Um, so he reached out to me. I got a e- I asked him for an email of all the parents. I sent a mm-hmm. uh, email to all the parents, whoever's interested, and that's how our booster club got started. Okay, uh, Christy, how about you? Um, so I inherited our booster club as well. We It's been around for a while. When my oldest, who just graduated, started actually middle school, I started asking questions Um, for similar reasons. I was always team mom and super involved, and now we were doing school sports, and I didn't know know, where my place was. And I kind of ended up at the booster club as a representative for our sport and then fell into the president role. by default, I guess, of I was one of the only people that didn't have a role. <laughs> um, but we are actually in in the process, I would say, of rebuilding our booster club. We, you know, as many probably dealt with, we, we took a big hit during the COVID years. Um, people stopped contributing. People stopped coming. People stopped volunteering. And mm-hmm. our and we had a, a very low attendance, very low parent involvement. Um, to the point where even our administrators kind of stopped coming. And so when I took it over, I I vowed that if I did nothing else, I was going to make a difference in attendance and awareness. So we've been um, building that awareness at all of the levels of our schools and just getting some new board members on that are excited and haven't been around for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Mark. Yes. <laughs> well, everybody, y'all a little different than I am because I didn't want to be in no booster club. Although <laughs> some, um, I was actually forced by some other other gentlemen to wanted to go into the booster club. So 
I'm the type of person where I watch booster clubs through the youth legs and I watch how some money started disappearing. So I was real negative about booster clubs. But once my son got to high school, when I got involved, I wanted to make sure that I had people that I could trust. Because um, mm-hmm. in with booster clubs, it's a whole lot of money involved. So I had to make sure I had people around that I could trust because I ain't want to be no president. I ain't want to be nothing, but I would just help <laughs> out and raise the money because there's a whole lot of different ways, you know, we raise money. I was the same way. I wanted our coaches and the players never want for anything. If our coaches needed to go somewhere, they need to go to camp. We were going to have the money raised for them to go to camp. But it had to be trust in, in the booster club where, um, where I had started at. But, um, and it worked out well. I mean, we raised a whole lot of money. Our team never won it. They went to summer camps. They went to a lot of 7-on-7s, and, and we supported everything the coach needed. So he wouldn't have to go to the AD or to the school <laughs> and ask for anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and we, we just hustled. We did, we did a lot of things. Everything we did, we did with the boys. We wanted the boys to be involved with everything we did. And um, it actually worked out well. The boys got to, you know, through the whole summer, they got to know each other, trust each other. So, you know, we did a lot. And one good thing with, with our booster club, we ended up getting a lot of men involved in our booster mm. club. So our booster club ended up becoming real pretty, you know, big because we ended up getting a whole lot of men involved, which is hard to do. But um, it worked out well. And um, I, I think when we left them, when my son graduated, we wanted to make sure they had $20,000 in the account to go to start over for the following year. And wow. we, we hit our every year. And then I, once my son left, I had, had another coach in my same area. He didn't have to boost the club at all. Uh, coach Riley asked me to help. So what I did with him is I went to all the churches in the area to ask for help. And one of our, our big churches in that area, they supply food for the kids every Friday night. Um, anything they needed, the church provided for them. So it's just different ways, you know, I had to go about getting certain things done. Because that one, the one town I was helping out in, he had no support from the, from the parents. So we couldn't mm-hmm. get parents to come to the games. So... Um, it's a struggle out here for some of the booster clubs and, and to get them started. But I, I heard somebody said from uh, they're from RV, they have a real good booster club. So I actually go to RV games, and I, I see the parents out there <laughs> hustling out there. So, um, mm-hmm. and I just took stuff from each one of the different booster clubs on, on how to raise money. Um, some of our booster clubs think they, you know, we, we actually we did a book. Uh, a program book, and what I did since I had connections at um, BCIT, I had BCIT print our book. But I had each kid and parents. We had to go out and get you know sponsors and, and, and you know for the book. And, and Mark, mm-hmm. and Mark, and Mark, hold on to that because I'm sure Lindy and them gonna come back mm-hmm. to you about mm-hmm. how to okay. how All to right. raise money. Yep. Uh, you're not following the script, son. But anyway, <laughs> no. all right. 
<laughs> but you know I don't. He's just thinking forward. <laughs> no, we're going to close it. All right. All right, Tim. All right, Tim. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm listening interesting, interesting, uh, interestingly uh, to the um, um, uh, description of your booster clubs, and I, I, I found it quite interesting that uh, – the booster club that uh, that Mark was just talking about um, featured a number of men, and which uh, my exposure to most high school booster clubs is is that it's mostly the mothers who are doing the the bulk of the work. Um, how were you, Mark, able to engage uh, uh, a large number of the fathers and, and men to to be supportive of this effort? Well. At, at that time, we had a lot of the fathers who, who would always show up at practices and um, come to the games, and I just we just started talking to them about what we want to do. And a lot of them were supportive of their sons, and so we got a bunch of them all involved. And I mean, they, I mean, we had a, quite a few men, and they 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 all did a good job. Everybody had their own part. Because mm-hmm. me, oh. I just gave funny and never joined. Right. And, and that's what I—that's what I have typically seen happen. But so I, I was really sort of sort of interested to, to hear you say that they were actively involved. Is that is, has that been the case uh, that you, you know you you've seen uh, not only with your booster club but with other boosters clubs that you may have had some contact with uh, ladies? Uh, let's start with Kim. Is Kim still with us? Uh, is she on mute? Wait, are you talking about me? Yes. I'm sorry. Ask the question again. Sorry about that. I, I, I was talking about um, the 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 uh, the comment about uh, having very active men involved in the booster club. I'm wondering if that has been the uh, the experience that you've seen uh, with uh, not only with your booster club uh, there, but but with other booster clubs you've been familiar with. I'll be honest, um, I want to say the family, like I said, when we came up through Pop Warner and I was the team mom um, all the way through, um, and somehow I graduated to be called coach. Uh, I don't know how that happened, but I was very, I, I was very um, integral and passionate with the recruiting process. So I felt that's why I won't say I was a booster club, because I was with these children, these young men, cradled to graduating from college. I've seen several of them walk across the stage. So when it came to recruiting, I was very passionate about making sure not just they were athletes on the field, but they were scholar athletes and they were moving to the next level. Um, and they wound up going to college, and I followed them all through college as well and um, went to several graduations. So with that, um, a lot went into making sure they were well-rounded. So um, I'm not quite sure, like, that's why I was telling Coach Riley, I don't really say it was a booster club. However, I will say this. That generation of parents have gone through and got their kids through, and what I see today is not that same depth of involvement. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing a serious drop-off pre-pandemic, but really Mm -hmm. magnified post-pandemic, the lack of support. So the 
the ones that have formalized booster clubs, kudos to you. Um, not all communities and schools are able to have that same power of a formalized booster club, and those communities are really suffering right now with not having that parent like myself um, to galvanize and, and get them going. It's more like now they the kids walk themselves or get themselves, and it's just um, a serious fall-off and lack, and it's, it's troubling and concerning. Okay, and same question, Pat. I, I was asking uh, about, um, you know, men and in being involved in the booster club, uh, not just the young men that are, that are, that are on the team, but, but fathers and, and, and men in the community. Uh, has your experience been that, that uh, with the boosters club, booster clubs you've been familiar with, that, that men have been actively involved beyond just giving money? Um, we, I always advertise that it was open to everyone, but most of the people that showed up and did certain things were the mothers for whatever reason. Um, we did have a couple dads come to different events, um, but they would show up at the games, they would show up at the banquet, but who did all the planning and making sure the boys had what they needed to have, it was it was just the moms. I mean, but I opened up the meetings to everyone, um, so it was advertised that it wasn't just a mom, you know, just a mom thing, but that's who ended up turning out and, and doing the work. Mm-hmm. Christy, uh, how about how about your familiarity with uh, not just your booster club, but booster clubs you've been familiar with? Uh, have you have you seen booster clubs where they've had had very active men, uh, a good number of men that are involved? For Christy. Is she, on, she mute? on mute? Yeah. I'm sorry. You were asking me and I was I was talking about some of the previous conversations. <laughs> yeah, what, what, did I was, you what I was asking yeah, what I was asking was, um, I, I heard uh, Mark mention that the booster club that he was involved in, there, that the men, there were a number of men that were very active, uh, as well as women. And I was, I was commenting that, I, you know, from my experience, uh, I find that to be uh, sort of unusual. And I'm, I'm, I'm asking about the, the booster clubs that you were uh, involved with and familiar with. If you uh, saw that that phenomena break bring forth where, where, where there were men who were doing more than just giving money but were actively involved with the ladies in the, in the booster club. Yeah, I actually would say um, previous to, like, our, our current group's heavy involvement, it was um, at one point I would say leaned heavier towards the men and then probably a, a good equal mm. balance. And, and now is probably leaned – a lot heavier towards moms, um, and so it probably depends on too how their involvement was previously. Um, I hate to be cliche, but ours in years past, prior to my involvement, was probably more of a good old boys club, um, and that kind of transitioned out. The president that was previous to myself was was a, a man, uh, a dad, and a coach, and uh, he just got involved and was just always there, but I think we're kind of transitioning and we're trying to focus on a balanced approach now because I think, you know, both dads and moms bring different perspectives. Um, Most of our men are um, that have not only are volunteering for coaching but are helping us with the booster club too. 
Oh, that's fantastic. It, it sounds like, um, you know, it sounds like all of all of you all have been um, involved in the Booster Club uh, a little bit, you know, for for quite a quite a while. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm wondering, are you finding that it's just the parents of current players that are involved, and then that 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 sort of rolls into the next group of parents? Uh, when when their kids come along, are there long term mm-hmm. commitments that you're seeing from from uh, from just members of the community that want to support the team? Uh, let me start with uh, with Kim again. Uh, uh, Tim, hello. Before you yeah. start with Tim, uh, Jennifer, you, you missed out on. Oh, her. Jennifer, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, well, two things. First of all, we're pretty lucky. We have quite a few dads that are involved in our booster clubs. They don't necessarily hold a role as one of the officers because um, we're pretty um, structured and we have uh, officers, president, vice president, treasurer, secretary, um, and member at large for both football and for wrestling. Um, and we have a bit more women on the board, but the day-to-day actions and things that need to be taken care of, there's a lot of men involved. Um, on the second part is we have actually in our bylaws that you can only be a member of the booster club when you have a child that's involved in the sport. Okay. Um, we do ask the community. We are very friendly with our community members, and they do a lot of wonderful donations and give scholarships to our athletes um, and those sorts of things. But to be actually a member of our booster club in both the bylaws of our football and of our wrestling, you have to have a current, a current child athlete. So this is my okay. last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Doc, I'm going, to, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Okay, uh, ladies and, and gents, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Lindy because Lindy probably has plethora of questions for you, for you ladies and gentlemen. So, hi, right, Lindy. I, I do have a lot of questions. Tim actually, Tim actually grabbed one of them because I was super curious, too. Uh, how how all the men got involved? So that that is fantastic for the players and for the community. Uh, let me let me start with just an idea generating one. I have found that uh, folks who raise raise money for sports, sports fuel high school and fundraising fuel sports. So it's a good cycle that y'all are in. Um, y'all have great ideas. So tell me what is the best fundraiser your booster club has done, and how much did you raise? You might have to call them all individually. I might have to call them. Well, we'll start. We'll start with Jennifer because she was the last one that spoke. We'll go backwards to the list this time. <laughs> um, the best one that we've done is called Vertical Raise, which the okay. each athlete has to give it get an email, twenty different um, members of the community or family members, friends, um, parents of friends, business owners, and pro- last year I think we raised twenty five grand. Okay, that's awesome. Um, this year we're doing it again because it's so successful. And sadly, of course, the company takes a percentage of how much you get. I don't know if it's 10% or 20% or okay. I, I don't have coaches running it. I think it's 10% that they take off the top for, you know, for their work because they email. So each player sends out 20 emails saying, look, we're raising money from our football team. And they do all the work, the platform work for us. And then every week they email, re-email the, the emails that the students um you know, initially mm-hmm. hit up, 
um, saying, you know, there's a week left, please do it. And we're up to, I think, 23 right now, 23 grand for this year. Wow, that's great. So, and that's, yeah, and that's really your, your proceeds uh, after, the, after the company takes their, their royalties? No, we'll have, we'll have a little under 20. A little after. under 20, okay. That's still a fantastic fundraiser. Kristen, what about fantastic. you? Um, so I, I can't really say that we've had one that's been super successful like that consistently. Okay. So the, the few that we've done since, since I and, and my new board has taken over, um, we've probably averaged five ish thousand per event. We've, we've done some pretty typical things that our community does, uh, golf tournament, um, okay. a barbecue, and we're trying to come up with some new ideas. So I think this will be our, our year of planning new ideas. I don't think we'll be able to actually do them, but if we can get them in the mm-hmm. books, then that's uh, What about Kim? Um, well, uh, back to the thing with the men involvement, um, Coach Riley will tell you uh, when I speak, they don't say no. So when I galvanize and get, uh, we had multiple, um, you know, husband, wives, and the men come in. And so when you ask me about the fundraiser, our biggest ones driving is usually food, fish fries, um, okay. where it's actually our men that fry the fish. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, we would have great fish fries. Um, other ones would be um, paraphernalia. Uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, T-shirts with their child's um, last name and numbers on the back okay. will be big drivers. Um, a lot of, you know, we're chimeras, uh, one of maybe I think only one in the nation that has a mascot that's a chimera. So that would be, oh, like, my. really big for us. Yes, there's, I think the other school is, like, in West Coast, Oregon or Washington State somewhere. There's only two chimeras. Um so that would be huge, you know, for us that we have big drivers and money makers because everyone wants to get out there and the whole family would buy sweatshirts and you would see the whole, you know, gang out there would be the biggest money maker drive, you know, for us. Um, okay. I don't know about now if they're, that's what they're still doing, um, but, you know, the whole family, everyone would come out and we would do that. When we got to high school, it was more the sweatshirts because, you know, they have the um, snack bar already there at the high school. Okay. So the fish fry was more for the junior feeders. But they've okay. got, um, um, you know, the sweatshirts will be the biggest thing. Another thing okay. we used to do is these uh, cards. We would go around and with the local businesses, uh, we would get them to agree to percentage discounts at their businesses' establishments. And we would mm-hmm. issue these cards. Uh, each player had to sell 10 of these cards, and they would go around and the parents and sell them. And that way it promoted the local businesses as well mm-hmm. within Willingboro, and then as well as it fundraised and raised money for us to pay for the summer camp trips and stuff that um, we would take the athletes to and help also, okay. you know, get them through the season. That's great. Mark, how about you? Well, I see I got another Camaro on here. So basically the same thing. I I'm not with the Booster Club. I'm with my, I started back in 05. Okay. And, you know, back then we did the same thing, fish fries, 
we did things back then you can't do now. Like we actually did car washes, but they sure. and we also back then we did tagging. But we had maybe sixty players and we'd be on different corners of Willemboro and you know, like the firemen do. And oh, okay. Our, that was one of our biggest um things we we collecting them. We did that maybe three or four times during that summer. That was one of our biggest way we raised money. But um, I heard somebody say vertical rise. It's different nowadays because there's different things like vertical rise, and there's, there's other companies out there like that now where all you got to do is get 10 names, and they raise money that way. And it's an easier way and more safer way of making money now. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've, I've dealt with a lot of vendors in Glazer Clinic that most of them, that popcorn thing with the popcorn, mm-hmm. that's another big fundraiser they're doing now. But it's... There's a whole lot of more things with kids. All they got to do is ten names. They not, you not the kids. It's hard getting the kids out on the street now because of what's going on in the world now. So sure, sure. Way we got to raise. This is the way they're gonna have to raise money now. It's through like um, she said, vertical rise and different other um, organizations like that that are out there. You can't do the things yeah. we did back in the fall. No, that's a good point. It has changed. It, what we're willing to send kids to do has changed drastically in the last, well, since 2005 yes. when you began. Yes. All right. So so some of you inherited booster clubs. Some of you started booster clubs. Um, tell me what what is your one best piece of advice if someone is starting from scratch, their school has nothing, they are the parent. Um, you know, that several of you have described, the one who rallies everyone, gets them together, the one that people don't say no to, um, or they're not that parent. Maybe they're not, but they see the need. What's your one best piece of advice for starting from scratch? Uh, Let's start with Jennifer. Ooh, advertise. Um, I know put out the word on every social media platform that you can. We're blessed with Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and we have our own website. Um, plus, wow. we have obviously all of the emails of our players. So okay. we blast emails out to um, all the players' parents because they have to, when they sign up, not only give us their personal emails, but they give their parents. We blast them okay. out and to say, if you want this to run successfully, we need your help. We can't do it. And you know, there's always the parents that always are involved all the time, the same core. And those are sure. the core that do nonstop. But you will get lucky and get other parents that say, oh, well, I can't maybe be on the board or I can't, you know, come and feed the kids every Friday. But maybe every once a month I can do something like that or I can sure. donate a case of Gatorade. But but advertise. Um, and, yeah, so we're very blessed with having all those social media platforms and we post things there and the kids like to see themselves and like to, and hopefully you know the parents follow along as well especially you know us older crew that still do facebook and those sorts of things um but but yeah i'd say advertise and say that you need and be very honest we're here and mm-hmm. tell them what you want to do for the children this okay. is about the kids we feed them we you know we help dress them we help, um, you know, get them on buses to games. We hydrate them. We want to have a beautiful banquet at the end of the, of the season. Um, and you want to help support the coaches, too, obviously, if they need gear that the school can't provide, you know, if they need something. Yes. But that's my biggest thing is try to advertise as many platforms as possible and be very honest. 
That is great. Mark, how about you? What's your one best piece of advice for someone starting from scratch? Man, this, <laughs> this thing is hard. Uh, my thing is, is, is if, if you know a bunch of the parents, you, you got to get them on board, especially yep. when you are real close to it. If you could get them and then they could get somebody and they could get somebody, you, you got to get the people that are close to you, the ones you your kids grew up with and who mm-hmm. they're playing with. You got to get a hold of them. You got to get that first group set first. Then you can expand out. Because if you don't talk to them, you can send the emails out. A lot of people don't read them. Okay. You got verbal. You got you got to meet you got to meet some of the parents. And um, and then you got to have this still for them because it's all about the kids. Yes, it is all about That's the kids. I, and tell the story. Yep. Um, how about Kristen? side of um, number one creating an email list because email is still the number one way to communicate Uh, you know all kinds of marketing studies will tell you email is still the most reliable way to communicate I get a Mm -hmm. list of supplies did for from the coaches then I start start pounding the pavement every local business that is not like a major national brand so every mom and pop shop I would start selling sponsorships sell the space that you have to hang a banner put, put up a sign or whatever, because their customers are parents to the athletes, right? And so Mm -hmm. pound the pavement, sell that message, and sell whatever space you can. Come up with with packages that make sense for the community and for the school and the space that you have, have, and start there. Tell me, uh, just name three or four different spaces that people might not think of that you could sell. So we have um, events at our football stadium all year long. I got to tell you, that was one of my most uh, shocking things to learn was how used the football stadium is for um, all year long. All of that space around there and your fences at uh, baseball, if you got tennis, uh, the fencing around tennis, obviously in your gyms. Um, And then what we've actually added this year, too, is, we're going to make signs, and for every event that we have, so barbecues or golf or whatever that we do, whenever we're somewhere, we're going to have those sponsorship signs around where we are. So when we have tables set up and we're selling merchandise, we're bringing that okay. sign with us as part of our, our sponsorship package we added this year. Okay. So it's, it kind of gets double duty at your fundraisers. Very good. Very good. Um, Pat, I think I haven't. Yes, I missed Pat. Coach Coach says you missed Pat, and I just realized <laughs> I missed Pat. I'm so sorry. I didn't have – I didn't go all the way back up my list. Pat, what about you? Um, what, it's what's okay. What's your best piece of advice? I would, I would piggyback on the advertisement. I would say communicate and also be visible. Be visible at the games be visible at the practices because those parents that also have other children who are running back and forth and picking up, um, they might not have time to to sit down and write an email, but if they see you in the parking lot or if they see you before the game or after the game, they'll ask you a question there. And then you could try to recruit them there too and say, oh, I know you're Mm -hmm. busy, but can you drop off a case of water? Or can you make sure you send your son in um, with this 
So I would definitely mm-hmm. say communicate and be visible. I was always one of the first ones at the game and one of the last ones to leave. Um, the other piece of advice I would say is with the money because um, I would – there were some sticky points with the money, and I know that gets kind of um, really controversial. Whatever uh-huh. money we raised at an event, I would give it to the head coach. I don't care if I had to drive to his house at 8 o'clock at night. Okay. I had a money bag. I wrote down – I also – I had a book, and I would write down the date, the event, how much I gave it to coach, how much money I gave to coach, and what time I gave it to him. So there okay. were no questions asked whatsoever with the money. It sounds like that that comes out of an, a bad experience that your school may have had where that, where that kind of transparency and, and very intentional transparency was needed. Let me let me uh, jump off of that because two of you now have mentioned how important it is to to get have trustworthy people to be trustworthy with the money. Um, what are what are things you learned about finding your trustworthy people or um, maybe removing someone who was not trustworthy? Let's, let's, and, and, I'm, and I'm not sure who can speak to that. I'm not sure that everyone can. But, Mark, you're the one who brought it up. Uh, what did you learn about, about getting your trustworthy people? Are you on mute, Mark? Or, Pat, if you want to continue while we're sure. getting Mark back here. I'll continue um, it. It, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't happen with the high school booster club. Um, okay. There were certain things that happened um, with the, the feeder program um, into uh-huh. the high school. Um, and it didn't happen to me personally, but I saw certain things that occurred. And I said, since I'm starting this off, I was asked to start it off, I did not want money to be an issue. So I was very sure. transparent. Um, I knew how much an event made. Um, I told the coach what had happened um, in previous years. And so he knew that if there was an event that was occurring, that I would be giving him um, or another coach, if he couldn't be there, um, the money. The money was not to be kept with any parent overnight at all. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's just, That's, you know, it, it just becomes a real sticking point. And then also, too, parents want to know um, and the community wants to know, okay, we're supporting um, the children. Where is the money going? Mm-hmm. So a lot of time, I know there was some new equipment that was purchased. We posted that on um, Facebook. Um, that was also posted on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, you want to communicate with people, okay, we had this event, a couple months later, this is the result of, of, of the event. So everybody knew that they could come up to me at any time and ask me to see the books, if you will. Um, yes. I was very open, but I was also very visible all the time um, with different things as far that's as the money was concerned. And that's good for your community as well. Mark, do we have you back? Do you want to talk about trust and, and building building a team of trustworthy people on your boosters? Yeah, can you can you hear me now? I can hear you. You can? Yes. Oh good. Um 
well, when we when they actually brought me on, um, I told them because I always have heard problems about boosters. Because our booster mm-hmm. club, we kept the money. Then go to the coach. They went into a fund, and so the guy we had at the treasure was actually a internal affairs guy with um, New Jersey Transit. So I, and I knew him personally. So I mm-hmm. knew I could trust him, and I knew I could trust the other guy we had because we, we had two treasures. Anytime we, we had an event, the money was counted right away. Everybody got the report, and, and that way everybody knew where the money was at, at every event we had. So you because, had more um, than one person counting it so that there was yeah, kind of a duplication of that effort. Okay. Yep, every time. Any, any event we had, the money was counted right away. And then everybody got a copy, the president, the secretary, the treasurer, anybody who was with us, you know, in the, on the board got a copy right away. So everybody knew where the money was at all times. And that's the way we did it because um, it's very easy to accuse somebody of, mm-hmm. of some money being missing, especially when you're dealing with cash money, you know, every time. We had to raise our own money because we didn't have a concession stand. The band ran the concession stand, so they got the money from there, so we had to raise everything ourselves. Okay. And, um, that's how we did it. That was good. Anyone else want to speak to building trust or building in practices that reassure the community of your trust or trustworthiness? Uh, this is Kim. Um, through the Pop Warner um, system, I was the cheerleading commissioner, as well as on the board of trustees. So I worked with the treasurer. Um, so they knew not only was I team mom, but I was also one of the um, leaders that was a signature on the bank account. So that mm-hmm. trustworthy was kind of built in, um, wearing dual roles. Okay. Uh, when it got to the high school, um, back to your original question about you know, how do you keep things going? It, it's literally, um, my favorite term is closed mouths don't get fed. So <laughs> the communicating and being visible, being not just on the football field, but in the classrooms. Like when I said team mom, I really took it to heart. I would be in the classrooms. I would, you know, take a day, like one of my days off and the kids are in, I'm in the building. So I'm very mm-hmm. visible with the parents. They all knew. Um, I had them all, you know, on, on some, some cell phone or some way of communicating to the point where if I saw one of their sons incorrect, I could talk and speak to them and be like, don't make me call your mom or your dad. So <laughs> so they would know. Um, but that went a long way to that trust that you're talking about, how you build that up, how you carry yourself, then you really don't run into that, that issue. And heist is about relationships. It's all about relationships and having that. So they would come to me and be like, giving me money. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. <laughs> and what? I'd be like, hold on. <laughs> uh, when we got to high school, the dynamic changed in the fact that, um, once again, I didn't have a formalized booster club. So with okay. that, I did not allow that to be a deterrent. The school had a school banker. So okay. the money and stuff would go through. We would make sure I worked with the athletic director, and then we had a school banker. Um, okay. Full disclosure, I also spent seven years on the school board, serving as president and vice president. So we knew with the school banker the money would come in. So the parents knew. 
if you're buying a sweatshirt or whatever, it goes right to the school banker. It's all accounted for. That banker is an employee of the district and bonded. So once again, it improves that trustworthiness to know their money wasn't going with me to a casino. Yes. So it's all about how you, you know, set things up and also your relationship that you build with the community, with the parents, that, you know, we never had an issue with, with, with trust or failure trust. And they always saw the proof and the fruits in what their children received and achieved. Yes, yes. So so a good rule of thumb might be find out who's, are there official roles at the school, at the district, like a banker, like a controller, where that person has some job accountability um, and can help add credibility to you as you handle your money and partner with that person. Exactly. Uh, that's key number one. That's key number one I would advise anyone. Make use of your resources. Very good. And then build your relationships. All right. Um, what did you, what, what, what is, now, now I'm going to ask you to tell stories on yourself. Um, what did you learn the hard way and how did you fix it? Uh, we, could, we could start again uh, with Kristen. Um, everything. <laughs> everything. I have, it's, I'm sorry. So it's myself, and I also have my my upcoming VP sitting with me. Uh, okay. So, I mean, honestly, we learned everything the hard way. We learned that our community doesn't sign up for things until the very last minute, until you've had to turn in numbers and you honestly have no clue who's going to show up. Um, what was the second part of your question? <laughs> This is what we're working on. Yeah. Yes. So what we're working yes. On is trying to be more transparent. So we're using all the tools. So we've got an email database now that we didn't have before. Uh, okay. Thankfully, we're up to 400 people. And every time somebody signs up for something as a list, like we grab that list and make sure we're continuing to add those names. Um, That's great. Yep is we're using the social aspect of it. So one of the things that, you know, there's nothing sexy about field maintenance, right? But mm-hmm. people, people see a, a beautiful softball field and know that work's been done on it. Like, we have to shout that out and tell people what we're doing and where the money okay. is going. Those are some of the yes. opportunities that we're uh, trying to take advantage of. And those, those posts are the most, where we see the most engagement. So we know the work out. And then um, that's great. Just communication, I guess overall. Like we're we're throwing everything at the wall to see what works, and uh, okay. we're trying to get ambassadors uh, to do social media on um, neighborhood pages and all the little nooks and crannies where we may not be reaching people. Um, mm-hmm. Our volunteers yeah. building up a volunteer team. We're learning that the hard way. Like we never stop talking about, hey, we need volunteers. If anybody even hints to us that we, they might be interested, they get the full, like, <laughs> then and there, you know? So, like, we're all, yes. like, or they say, that's what, that's what we do. So we're just really uh, still learning the, the, uh, the lessons, but we're, we're trying it all right now. That is great. Pat, what about you? What did you learn the hard way, and how did you fix it? Um, let me say, I, I was thinking about this, trying to think. Um. I have to say the one thing, we had a car wash um, and two 
the splitter. I didn't have a splitter um, for the, the the hookup to the building, um, and that was kind of rough because it made the line really long. So I just made mm-hmm. sure the moms that came after um, us that made sure that they had a splitter um, to the hose hookup so you could run more um, more hoses and you could, you know, do three cars versus one at a time. And I just communicated with the people that were in line. Um, and the boys would go up and say thank you to the people waiting in line and crack jokes with them and things like that. So um, that was kind of embarrassing. That, I'm let sorry. Me call out something, oh, let me call out something that you just said that, that applies whether you're doing a car wash or not, which is write down everything you learn because your parents graduate with their students and if every if every incoming group has to learn learn it all from scratch it just it's it's wasted time and effort if you've recorded things that you've learned you make sure that you pass that on like you just said i told the next set of parents buy a splitter so whether it's buying a splitter for the car wash or not um recording and passing on what you've learned can be a huge huge boost to the next group of boosters that's that is good stuff yeah, I uh, actually – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, keep no, keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, it's okay. I actually made a binder where I wrote everything down from the traditions to um, – because I just remember from taking my son to the games when he was little, there were certain things that they did. Um, mm-hmm. And when he was a freshman, they didn't do them anymore. So I tried to bring them back because I'm like, why isn't this done anymore? So – I'm big on tradition, and I wanted the traditions to continue. Um, So when I passed um, the baton, if you will, over to um, another parent, I I also handed her a binder with just about everything um, in it. And then I actually got in contact with, because her her son's going to graduate at the end of this upcoming school year. So I spoke to the upcoming mom um, and she's actually going to add to the binder. So it looks like everything's going to continue to grow and, and oh, things will get great. passed down. Yeah. We, we have coach, coach Riley, tell me how much I've got three more people to ask. Do I have time to ask three more people what they learned the hard way? You got time. All right. Jennifer, what'd you learn the hard way and how did you fix it? Getting volunteers. Again, it's always the core parents that are doing everything, um, and you do make that connection. You ask them. It's very hard to say no to someone's face, <laughs> so mm-hmm. you go up to them and ask. Um, we learned we had the most trouble with getting because we run our concession stand, um, okay. and to get people to work, that's another money-making uh, opportunity. We yeah. run the concession stand during the football games, um, and so we decided last year, which worked pretty well, if you work a half a game, you get a T-shirt, this is for football. You get a football T-shirt with your kid's name and their number on the back, free. That is great. So some kind of incentive for them to sign up, and we did have quite a few more parents sign up for it. That worked. Um, we struggle all the time. Most people, as again, if you ask them personally, but it's hard to hit up 150 players or 150 yeah. parents, sets of parents. So um, we're all doing the best that we can. Um, but that's one thing that helped tr- tremendously, and we try to really hit up the freshman parents okay. because we know we got them for four years. 
<laughs> yep. And to get them very involved, especially if they were very involved with the, you know, the feeder programs and those sorts of things. When we're very blessed this year for both of the booster clubs that I'm involved with, that we have a really good crew that are coming in to be freshmen that are very involved. So that, that kind of, um, yeah, very lucky, very lucky. But that that worked well. The concessions. If you wanted somebody to volunteer for something, we said, "Hey, we'll get you a T-shirt, kid's name on the back, and then you can rock that." And people say, "Oh, where'd you get that T-shirt from?" Oh, well, I don't. All I did was have to, you know, volunteer at the concession stand for at least half a game, and they got that one. That was great. So that really well. That's great. Mark, what about you? What did you learn the hard way, and how did you fix it? What I learned the hard way was, you know, dealing with our AD. Now, money kid, money kid. <laughs> 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 no, we, we actually, you beat me to it. Actually, <laughs> actually we, I, we didn't have no problems. I mean, everything ran smooth. We actually had a good time. I actually glad actually joined them because we had no problems. And one reason because we had a lot of good men who were willing to yeah. do anything we asked them to do. If they needed to cook and they love cooking. Every, I mean, we had no problems. You know, through them four years I was there, I might as well say at Willenboro. But um, you started out a doubter, and but but yeah, now I you're giving a doubter. It. That is great. I was a doubter, but I'm a tough person. Great. If I, if you, if we're gonna do it, we gotta do it right. Yep. That's just how I yep. am. Well, I'm not gonna do it at all if y'all gonna have behind it, and, that, and that's the way we just ran it. That is great. Kim, what about you? What did you learn the hard way, and how did you fix it? Um, I know what I learned the hard way, but I still haven't been able to fix it. That is okay. Um, that is, that is <laughs> keeping it real. You, I, I, I cannot hide in the shadows is what I learned the hard way. Um, I talk. I'm very vocal. I'm very extroverted. I'm very out there. Um, and in a, in a loving way and that my um, passion for the children and for them coming up precedes me. So what I started doing in the theater program, um, it reached the high school and the athletic director before I knew who the athletic director was. So all I knew was he was like, who is this Miss Davis? Mm-hmm. And that's how we met. And it was like, who is this Miss Davis? And, you know, he had heard. And then coming up, um, the biggest thing why I said I can't fix it, I still follow these young men and women to this day. Um, They're inspiring. They are inspiring. But they became my kids. So when you Mm -hmm. say how many kids you have, I can tell you I have a football team of sons. Um, that all still call me mom. I still follow them all on Instagram. Um, and now this new thread, I follow them on everything. They follow me. They check in. My house is still the jump off. It's still the team mom house. Um, at 27 to 30 years old, they still come through. These uh, young men and women are just completed, like, their 10-year reunion. And they're coming Aww. into town, and they come through, and and they're leaving like from my house to go celebrate their ten ten year reunion. It doesn't change, and I just it's say, beautiful. you know, when my time is over, let my deeds speak for my for my work for itself, and that um, it carries long long after. And a lot of the it's, feedback is 
they, there's no mom like you with this generation coming through. <laughs> that's, that's what is disheartening that's coming through. That mom, when you was there back in the day, we had everything and everything was had and everything was accomplished, you know. They don't have that now. And so PTOs is not just the booster clubs in the sports, the PTAs. It's, it's just all around that um, if any takeaway today, if I could write my story, would be how to sit here and pay it forward to getting the mm. generation of parents now to feel and hear. That's who needs to be listening to this podcast and know how important it is they have to pour into their children to reap the results that our children have reaped. That is, that is well said. And and may it be, may it be so. Coach, I'm going to let that be the last word. I'm going to pass it back to you. Okay, uh, we're going to let Tim ask the question. I have two more, and then we're going to uh, finish it up. All right, Tim. Well, I, I actually uh, have had all my questions answered. Uh, that was oh, a okay. dialogue there, so I'm good, Doug. Okay. Well, I have one. Uh, Glenn DeVoe just sent in uh, a few questions. The first one, and I want to start off with uh, uh, Jennifer. What traits do you look for to lead the booster club? Is it the star athlete's parent or the prominent community member? Ooh. That's a good one. Um, that's a really good one. I don't know why. <laughs> well, sitting here as the president, I don't know Jennifer, why they Jennifer, then, if that's a good question, then it's no longer Glenn's asking it. I'm asking it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that's an excellent one. I think it has to do with pure heart. I mean, I don't consider my son to be the standout athlete on any of the fields or on the mat for his sake. We just, my husband and I, are just very involved and have been. We're just the type of people that have been um, and very seen, as one of the other ladies has said earlier, since they were little little kids, always been involved. I think it has to do with my personality. I am a school teacher. I'm an elementary um, public education school teacher. So I know how important it is to have parent involvement with the education, with being involved. I just think it has to do with, and most of the people that are on our board and are very involved are very involved in their own kids' life as well as they want to do better for the whole team. Um, they just see the need. They have a lot of empathy. They have a lot of compassion. Um, not necessarily a lot of time because it takes a, lo- a lot of time to be a good um, person or to just to be involved in the booster club. Um, that's what it's about. You're not doing it for your son or daughter. You're doing it for the team. Mm-hmm. And you have to know that going in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, Kristen, uh, since you got uh, the vice president with you, I'd like for both of you to respond to that question. I, I would, for me, so this is Kristen, I would say it's a, a mix for me as well. Um, similarly, Jennifer, my husband and I have been very involved since the kids were young. Whether he's been coaching, I've been a mom, or I've just been always there, and people kind of lean on me to do things. I feel like it's my own expectation of myself, I guess, and so therefore I, I look to other parents and coaches that are of like mind um, just seem to want to be in it for the kids and for the athletics. Um, and for the betterment of the school and the community. 
Um, so that would be mine. And yeah, so for me, it, it's all about the. Uh, I think someone said it. The person's heart. Like it doesn't matter if they have a a a, a, a student as a part of the programs or not. If they have, uh, they truly care about the the students. They care about the schools. They care about the community. Um, and they're willing to put forth their time, no matter what their skill set is. Um, you know, we can put that to use. Um, and that's, you know, one of the things we're trying to work on as far as like recruiting volunteers is letting everybody know, like, you don't have to, to, to you know, devote a lot of time to it. It's, it's what your skill set and what your time allows you to do. But if you've got the right heart, that's the way to go. Okay, and your name, because we didn't get your name. We, we didn't know you were sitting with Kristen. <laughs> hey, my name's Jessica Lopez. I have okay, to be confused Jessica. with you. <laughs> confused with who? Jennifer Lopez, it's Jessica Lopez. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, have to ask, I, have to, I have to ask Damon Jackson about that, but okay. The next question, I want to move on to uh, Kim, because, Kim, I want to know, is there a relationship between the feeder program, which could be Pop Warner Middle School and the high school? So how do you get everybody involved? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, Hold on. There. That was my question, not Glenn DeVoe. Okay. All right. <laughs> All because you know I'm very passionate about the feeder program. Uh, both of my kids started, you know, from the from the ground up. But um, partnerships, once again, communication. Um, we historically had a um, big exodus or out-recruiting of our athletes going to the Catholic schools and the private schools. So one of the big things we did was work with, um, first, the players themselves wanting to stay together and play with each other and be a knit with each other, and then communicating with the high school, with the coach, with the athletic director, um, having um, Pop Warner night, Panther night, we call it, where there's a home game that's dedicated to all the um, uh, Panther program cheerleaders and football players coming up for a free game that night, bringing their parents so their parents are introduced to the high school community, get a feel for the high school environment, the football environment, and begin to learn to embrace um um, being a chimera. The other thing we did was pay it forward is my plan. We would have those high school players come back during the summer. August 1st kicks off the uh, the Panther football. That August, the, the high school varsity and JV, those players would come down and interact and start running the basic drills along with the volunteer coaches and parents out there. So now these young kids are getting to know um, the high school kids and then when they get up to Panther night, they have visible, they can recognize them. It works on the boys as well as the girls. Um, my daughter coming through the cheerleading program got to look up to the high school cheerleaders that would come down. And then once she got to high school, she did the same thing where she would come down. In addition to just on the field, I worked with the current athletic director to start a program where the high school athletes would actually be bused a day to the elementary school. A lot of times the elementary schools that they came from 
and they would be reading or they would be a helper or assistant in the school during the day. And they would come in their uniforms, the football players, the cheerleaders, the soccer players. They would come in their uniforms into the elementary school and interact with the kids. And then we would try to do that right before the Panther night. So then when the Panther night comes up, what happened, my daughter would go in and talk and spend the day. And then when it got to the game, you should see all the players, boys and girls, they're like, oh, we recognize you. We saw you. Oh, you're here. And, you know, so you start to build that relationship so the parents see, but the kids drive it. Mom, I want to go to that school because so-and-so came in and, and coached. They're running home and telling their parents how the high school kids came and read to them. They came and was a student aide for the day. So when you start that relationship, you bridge that gap and that bond, it just brings it, like I said, it pays it forward. So we have a you know very strong program that feeds from the theater that's right to Willenboro. And once we started that and strengthening that, we've been uh, state champions uh, multiple years coming through. So I'm super proud of planting the seed and seeing it to fruition, keeping our athletes home and building a very strong program that mm-hmm. now they're winning state championships. Okay, uh, Pat, same question, Pat. Um, well, the the A it used to be that way. The AAs had several commissioners, um, and the high school has had several head coaches. So there's been bumps and bruises um, along the way. I I still walk up to um, the AA field um, and and try to talk to people um, and things like that. But I, I hope this next this next head coach that we have that he continues to try to get um, the boys to go back down to the field. Um, It used to be seamless where at the banquet from the AA, the boys were told their instructions for the summer um, for the high school, where to show up, how to start lifting weights. That happened at the banquet. So the boys knew right then and there what their instructions were. Um, I don't know exactly what's going on now. Um, it used to be that way. Um, I'm hoping it gets back to that way. Um, so yeah, but because we've had so many different changes, there's been bumps and bruises with it, unfortunately. Okay. My last question, we're going to end it with Mark. Uh, Mark, uh, the same thing, you know, with this, you know, with the feeder program and also implementing the booster club that kind of get that started with those young kids, uh, young parents that are coming up. Uh, how was it for you? Well, well, now with, with the different feeder programs, I mean, we got there's so many different other organizations starting other programs of pulling kids from the certain townships, and um, so the feeder programs are. Right now, are kind of crazy. I know over in Mahali, you got maybe three different feeder programs: with the Hurricane, the Patriots, the Chiefs. You know, then you go to different other townships in this area. These other independent programs are pulling the good kids to their program, and then, and then you know, with the Catholic schools, the Holy Cross, Camden Catholic. Uh, um, some of the schools up North Jersey, St. Joe's Prep, they come over taking our good kids. So, you know, the feeder programs is, is, is 
I go to a lot of the computer program games and I ask certain kids where you from and they're not even from that township. So the people programs are kind of, to me, are messed up right now. Okay. And Mark, and I know Jennifer is looking at the chops. She came ready to talk about the feeder program, how she got those young booster moms ready to go. Hi, right, Jennifer. <laughs> uh, well, we had a connection with the hurricane, so um, I relied on my hurricane connections, I should say. We do have three feeder programs that go into one, which to me is pretty crazy, but sadly that's the way it is. Um, and... Um, we're blessed with those core parents. It's a pretty big program, core parents that are involved. Um, and a lot of, like one of the ladies was saying, that the high school team, or high school football players go down and during some of the practices show up. We also have a, a, a youth night, which they come out and see this. And they all emulate the big kids, and they love to see them and cheer them on and those sorts of things. Um, so that that has helped tremendously. Um the others, we just post, it's, again, a lot of advertisement on social media, and we try to hit up all the, because we're five sending districts, um, try to hit up all the different sending districts and their Facebook and Instagram locations and try to say, hey, this is who we are, this is what we're trying to do. It doesn't matter where you came from, but we're all RV strong now. Um, and um, a lot to do with alumni, too. We're, we're pretty, you know, lucky to have Sean Bradley to step in and help us quite a bit, too. Um, with our brand new tunnel. Hope you come out, Doc, and see us this year. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're we're pretty blessed. Okay. Uh, well, I want to, like I said, I was supposed to end it, but I'm going to end it with uh, Christian and uh, Jennifer Lopez is supposed to. All right, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Uh, the feeder, talking to the feeder program, they kind of get those uh, young parents indoctrinated into what you guys are doing on the high school level. Yeah, um, I will say, and I'll, I'll caveat with, our booster club is middle school and high school. Um, we support the, the, the schools and their sports and their needs. Um, in fact, majority right now of our middle school sports are booster club sports. So um, that's a little bit different situation than others may have. We are um, very, I would say, very immature not immature in a bad way, but young in our ability to interact with our feeder schools and systems. We don't have popcorn anymore. So in our in our immediate air, um, school area, we do not have a Pop Warner team. So we've been really trying to engage our fifth, fifth graders and sixth graders into coming on, onto our Booster Club football team. Um, one thing that our, our specific board has been trying to do more recently, um, the newbies, I will say, is reach out more to our feeder elementary schools. Um, Jessica mentioned our feeder neighborhoods, all of the neighborhoods that feed to our middle and high school. Um, we're working on getting multiple neighborhood ambassadors to help us get word out, um, helping middle school parents. I'm, I, it's a goal of mine to make sure that middle school parents know that our booster club doesn't just support high school and that we need their involvement too. Um, if we get get them involved at the middle school level, then we've got them for four years <laughs> or seven years, not just the four. So um, that's really kind of been a goal of ours and getting that, you know, on top of what Jessica said in regards to communication and getting that out. One of our main opportunities has been getting to our feeder schools and our feeder areas. 
So we are we started that work. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys, for Never Hit It So Good Radio, uh, Princess Cooper, Tim Moore. Uh, I'd like to thank Lindy, Mark. Thanks for having me. Jim, great. Pat. Thank Jennifer, you. And Christy and uh, Jessica. I almost said Jennifer. But anyway, <laughs> for Never Hit It So Good Radio, guys, we'd like to thank you, and uh, hopefully we can do this again. Appreciate you. Thank you all. Good night. Thank, thank you. you. Good night. Good night. Thank Good night. You. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.